Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Five Mastery Podcast, where our focus is on providing tools, resources, and insights that empower driven individuals to secure their own path to financial independence. My name is Peter Donisanu, and today we're going to talk about the difference between cash flows and budgets. You know, some individuals too often conflate budgets and cash flows, which often leads to frustrating outcomes when trying to get a handle on where their money goes each month. That's why in today's episode, we'll discuss the difference between cash flow management and budgeting, steps to create each approach, and how to bounce back from financial setbacks when your plans don't work out as expected. So with that, let's dive into today's podcast. Cash is the lifeblood of your finances. Without it, you would be hard-pressed to pay your debts, cover your living expenses, and prepare for essential savings decisions. With cash flows being a critical component of household finances and the primary path to securing financial independence, various surveys suggest that between half and three-quarters of Americans don't have a process for keeping track of their cash flows. What's more, the data show that half of working Americans are living paycheck to paycheck and about that same number can't cover a $1,000 emergency expense. Make no mistake, many of us are well aware of how essential it is to stay on top of our cash flows from one month to the next so that we can maintain our financial health. And while the rigor of sticking to a budget may not be for everyone, the truth is that you need to have some way to track and manage your cash flows if you want to increase your chances of securing your path to financial independence sooner rather than later. Certainly, you've likely heard that a budget is a useful way in helping you keep your financial house in order, but a cash management plan is also a vital component to a well-crafted financial plan. Now, it's critical to make key distinctions between budgeting and cash flow management. So what do we mean here? Well, a budget is an estimate of what you believe you will spend and save over a given period of time. Cash flow management, on the other hand, is the active process of allocating your cash resources to spending and savings decisions from one period to the next. Now, on the surface, it may sound like we're talking about the same thing, but what's really the difference between the two. Well, a budget is a static measure of where your money ideally should go over a week or a month or a year. Cash flow management, on the other hand, is a dynamic process that involves actively deciding where your money goes in real time. Now, what's essential to note here is that budgeting and cash flow management are not mutually exclusive. And in fact, the two often go hand in hand with a budget providing a benchmark of where your money should go and a cash flow management process is how you allocate your money accordingly. Now, the trouble with cash flow management and budgeting is that what you should do is often tied to a black and white logical thinking while our emotions largely influence how we spend money. Indeed, many studies over the years have demonstrated that there's a psychological connection between our money choices and our current emotional states. And we've talked about this relationship with money in previous episodes, but what's essential to know right now is that with cash being so important to getting things that you need to get done throughout your life, staying on top of where your money is going is critical to achieving your goals. That's because an inevitable emergency like a furnace that needs replacing, a need for a new car, or a last-minute visit from a family member from out of town can derail your budget. Even so, a proper cash management plan can help you decide the best course of action when unexpected events arise. That's why if you do nothing else when it comes to managing your money, focusing on your cash flow management process should take priority over creating a budget. Indeed, a well-defined cash flow management process should include a few critical components, including how often you review your financial accounts, which financial accounts you need to check, 
the time and place that you're actually reviewing your cash flows and understanding your savings and spending decisions after they're made. So let's talk a little bit about what you should track in terms of your cash management process. Now, at its most basic level, your cash management plan should give you an idea of how you spend your income from one pay period to the next. And while a casual glance at your bank account can be helpful, not understanding what that balance represents, especially if you anticipate further expenses or spending to come through between pay periods, can quickly put you off track. That's why you should evaluate your cash flows at the very least on a weekly basis. For most individuals, this process can take just a few moments to less than 30 minutes per week. But the benefit of taking this step is immediately gaining peace of mind, knowing where you stand financially and where your money's going. Now, another step you can take to stay on top of your bank account balances is to take advantage of your financial institution's text, email, and app alerts. Many financial institutions will send you daily updates on available balances in your bank accounts, and receiving these alerts can provide you with a way of keeping track of changing balances from one day to the next without having to take the time to log into those accounts. Now, this approach can be extremely useful should you see a sudden change in one of your daily cash balances as it allows you to get ahead of potential cash flow issues well in advance of them becoming a more significant problem down the road. So with that said, which accounts should you keep track of? Well, to begin, you'll likely want to take a step back and determine your primary source of spending. For example, ask yourself if most of your essential regular spending is flowing through your bank accounts or your credit cards. If there's a mix of cash and credit cards, Card spending that is paid off at the end of the month, ask yourself, what does that mix of spending look like? Now, while we'll have more to say about the benefits and the drawbacks of using cards to fund your daily spending in future episodes, for now, we'll focus on your cash bank accounts. That's because while credit card spending can be a helpful stopgap in the near term, a shortfall in your cash accounts could have a cascade effect on your overall savings and spending decisions over the long term. Remember, when it comes to a cash management strategy, it's typically the nickels and dimes that get you over the long term. So as you log into your bank accounts and look over your current transactions, your eyes likely will be drawn to large dollar transactions. Now, while it's vital to stay on top of total dollar spending, take a moment to review the frequency of spending, not just from day to day, but also from vendor to vendor. What you want to do here is get a feel for the trends to understand not just where you're spending your money, but also how often you're spending your money at those specific locations. Now, after taking some time to evaluate your expenses, you should have an intuitive sense of whether your spending trends from one week to the next are higher or lower than expected. For example, by reviewing your accounts, you can ask yourself whether you're spending more than usual this past Wednesday compared to the last week. And if you are, you can ask yourself what's changed. Was it that business trip or that unexpected visit from a friend or family member? Maybe work is stressing you out and you needed to spend a little extra to compensate this week. Whatever the case may be, look for trends in the frequency of your spending and take some time to evaluate why you may have spent more money on a given day or with a particular vendor, and if so, understand what may have been the triggers emotionally for those expenditures. Finally, as you go about this process, take some time to review your finances in a place that is conducive to the review. As we've mentioned in previous posts, your environment plays a critical role in how you relate psychologically to the process of evaluating your finances. That's because reviewing your money can be an emotionally stressful activity because it could remind you of the 
less than ideal choices you may have made in the past. Indeed, priming your mind for a financial review is essential to getting a handle on your cash flows and to avoid becoming emotionally activated or emotionally shutting down altogether. So what can you do to prepare yourself ahead of a financial review? Well, one approach is to find a time and a quiet place to complete your weekly cash flow management review. Now, if you have children, ideally this time could be early in the morning before they wake up or late in the evening after you put your kids to bed. And as you go about this process, be sure to align your positive ideation with the process of reviewing your finances. What this means is that if you find yourself getting overly stressed as you start the review process, take a step back and ask yourself, are these feelings coming from a place of shame or from guilt? And if so, your best course of action is to take a moment to practice some self-compassion and self-forgiveness before you begin reviewing the numbers. And finally, stick to the process no matter how uncomfortable it may feel. While procrastination can give you a momentary sense of bliss, you'll likely find that the very act of simply looking at your accounts can immediately reduce your stress levels because now you know what you have to deal with rather than worrying about what could potentially be waiting for you when you come back to it. So now that you've prepared yourself to review your cash flows and understand what to look for from a transactional perspective, you need to give your review a purpose. And so from this perspective, a key question you'll likely need to answer here is whether you're spending within your means. Now, if you make a lot of money and you're not sure where it all goes each month, then this approach likely will help you identify in short order where exactly your money is going. Now, to accomplish this, you'll simply need to ask yourself if your total expenses are less than your take-home pay each month. Offhand, you'll likely know whether this is the case if you find yourself dipping into savings or resorting to credit cards to supplement your spending on an ongoing basis. But with that said, an ideal way to determine whether you're consuming within your means is to tabulate your spending and compare it to your paycheck deposits. You can accomplish this outcome using tools like a spreadsheet or tracking software or even a pen and paper or mobile banking tools. Whatever your preferred tool to track your spending and savings might be, be sure to categorize each spending item consistently each month. This way you can come back and accurately compare your consumption trends from one month to the next. And as you move forward with your spending and savings evaluation, ask yourself, if your net consumption is positive, meaning that you spend less than you bring home each month. If so, congratulations. The next step here is to evaluate whether you're leaving enough room to pay yourself and fund your savings goals. Now, if there's not enough cash left over at the end of the month to build up that emergency savings reserve or to fund your child's 529 savings plan, now might be a good time to take a moment to step back and evaluate your spending categories for opportunities to reduce consumption or to increase your savings rate. And if your consumption is negative, meaning that you draw down on your savings accounts or you're tapping your credit cards to supplement your spending, take a few moments to evaluate which spending categories are taking up most of your cash flows. Here again, you'll want to not just look at the absolute dollar value of expenditures, but you'll also want to get a good idea of the frequency for how often you're spending at a given vendor or in a particular lifestyle category for opportunities to free up cash flows. And finally, now may be an excellent time to evaluate whether a budget might be a helpful means to managing your money. Now, make no mistake, sticking to a budget can be an arduous process, and as we've pointed out before, it's a static practice that in many ways does not reflect the dynamic nature of our lives. Even so, a budget is a valuable yardstick for evaluating 
how you're spending and where it goes each month. And as you're thinking about the budgeting process, keep in mind that there's no right or wrong way to create a budget. Ultimately, your budget should act as a guide to show you how your expenses and your savings should net out to zero versus your cash inflows from one pay period to the next. And so how do you know whether it's time to start creating a budget for yourself? Well, here are a few ways to tell. First, if you find yourself struggling to make ends meet when you're bringing in a lot of money every month, then a household budget can help you identify where you might need to come back on expenses to save more money. Indeed, by tracking your spending, you can prioritize your needs over your wants and ensure that you're putting money towards your financial goals. Next, if you don't have an emergency savings fund, then that might be your sign that it's time to create a budget. Indeed, unexpected expenses can rise anytime, and so it's essential to have a cushion to fall back on when you need that money. And so if you don't have an emergency fund, a household budget can help you save money specifically for that purpose. Another sign it's time to create a budget is when you're overly reliant on credit cards. That's because credit card debt can quickly spiral out of control, leading to higher interest charges and fees. And by creating a household budget, you can identify areas to reduce expenses and allocate more money away from credit to pay off accumulated debt. And if you're a high earner but find yourself with not enough money at the end of each paycheck to contribute to retirement plan, then that might be another sign that it's time to create a budget. Now, it's never too early or too late to start planning for retirement, and a household budget can help you find ways to set aside more money for retirement and ensure that you're on track to meeting your long-term goals. And finally, if you have no idea where your money is going, then that might be your sign that you need a budget. The process of actually creating a budget can help you figure out where your money is going each month and can help you spend more wisely from one pay period to the next. And by creating a baseline against which to track your expenses and manage your cash flows, you can make more informed decisions about allocating your money as you work towards your goal of becoming financially independent. Now, so far, we've discussed how essential it is to track your expenses and why you may want to go about creating a budget. But one question you might be asking yourself right now is, how do I go about setting a budget? Well, to begin, you'll want to evaluate the critical components that actually go into a budget. You can start by identifying all sources of income, including your salary, your bonus, your investment income, and including your side hustles. And as you're going about this process, be sure to base your budget on your net income or the amount of money that you take home after taxes. The next step is to identify your your fixed expenses. This is spending that is likely to remain consistent from one month to the next, such as your mortgage or your rent payments, your car payments, your insurance, or utility expenses. Then calculate your variable expenses. These are all the costs that fluctuate each month, such as groceries or gas or entertainment or even dining out. And these expenses can be a little more challenging to predict, but it's crucial to have an estimate as you're building out your budget. And when in doubt, be conservative with how much you're actually planning to spend instead of being more optimistic, which can and create problems down the road. You'll also want to factor in how much you should be saving each month. Indeed, your savings should reflect how much you'll need to set aside for emergency savings, for your retirement, and other big ticket purchases throughout the year. And finally, don't forget about your debt payments. Make a list of all the creditors you owe money to. If you're not sure who you owe money to or how much those payments are, then log into your financial institution's website and identify your minimum payment due. Now, an important caveat here is that if you're carrying a credit card balance, your minimum payment due may actually fluctuate from one month to the next. That's why it's essential to monitor all of your financial accounts and make sure that you're staying on top of how much you actually owe to each financial institution each pay period. Now, as you build out your budget and you're considering where to allocate your income each pay period, think about it in terms of where your priorities lie. You can start by separating out fixed costs from variable costs, then figure out how much money to allocate to each category by evaluating your spending over the past three months. 
Now, the next big question here is how should you actually go about doing the work? Now, when it comes to actually creating a budget, there are a number of approaches you can take to establish that benchmark for your cash flows and your savings and your spending. However, the process of creating a spending plan can be overwhelming, especially if you're not sure where to start and which tools to use. Fortunately, there are various methods available to help you create a spending plan, including the use of spreadsheets or software or mobile banking tools, or even just using a pen and paper and a notepad. Either way, it's vital to choose a method that best fits your personal style for evaluating your savings and spending decisions. Now, regardless of which method you choose, the most important thing to do here is to stick to your spending plan, review it on the regular, and update it as your financial situations change. Now, as you go about preparing your budget, it's critical to be prepared to deal with the pitfalls common to the budgeting process. For example, it's easy to overestimate your income, especially if you rely on bonuses or commissions. And that's why if your income is inconsistent or you have lumpy income from one month to the next, be sure to base your budget on your lowest month of income to ensure that you can afford your expenses over the month and the year. Another common setback is failing to account for all of your expenses from one pay period to the next. That's why you should make sure that you track every expense, no matter how small, to gain a clear understanding of where your money is going. At the same time, be mindful of those expenses that occur less frequently, like your quarterly utility payments or semi-annual insurance payments or your medical outlays or taxes, home or auto expenses. And as your life circumstances change, you'll want to ensure that your budget is adapting along to those changes as well. For example, if your expenses increased because you recently got married or had a child or your income decreased because your bonus or your equity comp didn't come through as expected, be sure to adjust your budget accordingly to avoid overspending. And remember, simply creating a budget is not enough. While it's ideal to track your spending on a weekly basis, at the very least, try to compare your spending versus your savings and your budgeting decisions on a monthly basis to ensure that you're hitting the mark. Now, what if you're one of those individuals who's tried budgeting in the past and you think to yourself, this just doesn't work for me. Maybe you find yourself that you create the budget, but you overspend or you undersave no matter what. Well, in a situation like this, the first thing you want to do is give yourself some grace and understand that you're not alone. Certainly, there are many individuals who struggle with staying on track with their spending plans. And when this happens, it often leads to financial setbacks and feelings of frustration. And if you're one of the many individuals who tried to create a budget in the past, but have failed to stick to it, there are some steps you can take to prepare yourself psychologically for financial setbacks to motivate yourself to get back on track and to avoid overspending. To start, set some realistic expectations. Setting unrealistic expectations from the start is one of the most common reasons why budgets often fail. That's because what often happens when creating a budget is someone is tempted to be overly optimistic about their spending allocations, hoping that they're finally on track to getting their financial house in order, and inevitably, a larger-than-expected utility bill or a surprise tax bill in the spring could quickly derail the best laid financial plans. That's why it's essential to set goals that are attainable and realistic for your financial situation. And along these lines, you'll likely need to acknowledge to yourself that building healthy financial habits is going to take time. Indeed, it's crucial to be patient and understand that success may not happen overnight. And so what should you do if you experience a financial setback? Well, start by acknowledging your emotions. There's no doubt that financial setbacks can be stressful and emotionally draining. That's why it's crucial to recognize these emotions and work to manage them more effectively to avoid making impulsive financial financial decisions when you're feeling down. And if you're feeling stuck after a financial setback, take a step back to revisit your goals. 
You know, revisiting your financial goals can be a powerful motivator. They can help remind you of why you started this financial plan and this household budget in the first place. And as you're working to establish new money habits, find an accountability partner to help keep you on track. Indeed, sharing your financial goals and progress with a trusted friend or family member can provide you with the accountability you need to keep your finances on track. And if you go about this entire process and still find that a budget is not for you, don't sweat it. At the very least, what you should do is create a cash management process that allows you to keep track of your money from one pay period to the next. Indeed, at its most basic level, being aware of where your money is going each month can help you make more informed spending and savings decisions and take you one step closer to becoming the master of your financial independence journey. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Fi Mastery Podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at FiMastery.com or email your questions to questions at franklinmadisonadvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Donisanu, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity. Fi Mastery Podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc. Franklin Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment, or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the investment advisor public disclosures.